Hello and welcome to the Bikes to Death podcast. My name is Patrick and I'm your host. This is the podcast that talks about bikepacking, adventuring, and the cool people who participate. On today's episode, I sat down with uh, Chuck Campbell, um, who if you've never heard of him, that's probably okay because I hadn't either. He's been flying under the radar for the last few years or the last couple of years uh, developing a new uh, bikepacking route in the state of Arkansas. And if you've been li- listening to the episode, you've probably heard me uh, mention it a few times and bring it up when I'm talking to guests. And I definitely uh, spread some misinformation. Um, but luckily, we got Chuck here to clear up all my mistakes. So uh, uh, this was a pretty cool meeting, too, for me, because it was the first time that a listener put me in contact with a future guest. So um I don't remember his name. Wait, I should have that. I know his Instagram. Here we go. M Bailey 18, Michael Bailey. So it's M B A I L E 18 on Instagram. Uh, so thanks, Michael. Uh, he, he got me in contact with Chuck and I met Chuck, um, at a little, uh, bar bar there in Fayetteville, uh, So yeah, it's cool. I've been personally like really looking forward to this route. Um, So being able to sit down and talk to the man one-on-one was a fun and uh, fun experience. Also like really informative, you know, I've never uh, talked to anybody who has developed a a really large route like that and uh, kind of figure out how you go about doing that. I think it's great information and hopefully other people will take it and, and, and use that to develop even more routes. Uh, more routes, more better, right? All right. So uh, you knew it would happen eventually. And I'm happy to announce that the Bikes for Death podcast <clears throat> now has its first sponsor. So now the podcast is brought to you by Mother Nature. In Mother Nature, you can have one-on-one interactions with wildlife and your environment, Um, you'll be treated to stunning vistas and sunrises and starry nights. And it's just a great place to reset and reconnect with yourself. Um, It's a great place to get physical and mental uh, health. Um, You just leave Mother Nature and you feel like a whole new person. Uh, I personally use mother nature like at least once a day, uh, but I recommend more like all day, every day, forever. Um, so go to a mother nature near you and enter the promo code bikes or death for a 10%, uh, discount on free smiles. Okay. Very happy to have uh, mother nature as our first sponsor. The only problem is uh, she doesn't pay that well. So, um, actually she doesn't pay at all. Um, so, uh, I've got some more news on, uh, the Patreon front. Um, we've had a lot of new, um, patrons sign up there and, uh, each one of y'all are very much appreciated. Um, the more I'm compensated, uh, for my efforts in the podcast, the more time I'm able to commit and justify because it's taking away from, you know, family and jobs and that kind of stuff. So anyway, I I have three tiers on Patreon now. So the first tier is a dollar. You get a few stickers. Um, I just ordered patches. They're three inch uh, patches. Um, It's the same logo that's a sticker. We had an Instagram vote and it won. So we're keeping it OG, the OG logo. 
Um, and so I just ordered those. Uh, so those are going to go to, if you're a $5 and up Patreon, um, you get a patch and then there's a $10 level and you get two patches. So yeah, if you're interested in getting in on that and uh, continue to support the show, uh, head over to Patreon. It's Bikes or Death. And of course, you can always find me on Instagram at Bikes or Death if you want to follow what's going along. And uh, you know what? If you can't uh, kick in on Patreon, if you would go to iTunes and give it a five star. I really appreciate appreciate it. I really do want to try to grow this show. And the more people who hear about it and see it and listen to it and support it, um, the better, better for everybody. So I love, uh, I love all the community support. Uh, keep sending your love and your messages. Um, they go a long way. Oh, and the last thing I wanted to mention that I decided I was going to start doing was, uh, when I'm able, I'm going to let my patrons know who my next guest is and give them opportunities to ask questions. And then I'll ask those on the air. So you're actually going to hear a couple. Oh, wait, no, not, not, not this episode. But going forward, I recorded one yesterday with a surprise guest. Um, and for that one. So my patrons found out who he was and got to ask some questions and I did those. So that'll be a few episodes from now, which actually leads me to another, uh, item of business. Uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to try to release one episode every single week. Um, so I'm recording this on Saturday. I think I'll put it out on Monday and I'll probably just keep that going. Um, I've got, uh, I have three recorded right now. I'm recording one tomorrow. And then next week, I think I have one. Um, and then the week after that, I have like three. So I'm definitely getting like some momentum and I'm gonna try to like just keep that going um, to be able to produce like weekly content. So yeah, I hope you all appreciate all the uh, effort. Um, uh, it's definitely a result of all the support that I've been getting on the podcast. Um, all the comments and the downloads and the patrons, um, and just all the messages too. Like the support's been pretty crazy and it's much appreciated. So if y'all like, uh, this show and you want to keep it going, then keep that up and we'll just, uh, we'll make it happen. So, all right, that's enough for me. Let's get to the show. All right, we're sitting down here today with Chuck Campbell, and we are sitting on a patio in, are we in Fayetteville right now? We're in Fayetteville. Okay, and this is, what, what's this place called? Apple Blossom. Apple Blossom. Yep. And, uh, oh nice, yeah, it's on on the glasses, and we're, we're having some nice beers. It's a little bit cloudy, but it was supposed to be rainy, so we'll, we'll definitely take that over uh, rainy. I'm glad that it's not <laughs> raining right now. Uh, well, Man, thank you so much for uh, for meeting up with me. One of my listeners reached out to me on Instagram and saw that I was going to be up in the area. It's like, hey, you need to interview Chuck Campbell. And I said, yeah, I would love to interview Chuck Campbell. Well, that's cool. I've been uh, following um, not you per se, but the route. And uh, anyone who listens to this show will know that I talk about and refer to the route. I'm like, hey, did you know the ACA is coming out with a new a new route? And uh, I've been super stoked because we're in the process of moving up here. 
and uh, so yeah, more more bike packing. There, I think uh, Arkansas has got the uh, mountain biking on lockdown. It seems like it seems like it, yeah. And so now, uh, yeah, you and some other people are coming out with some routes. So it's pretty exciting stuff, and I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, the gravel thing is taking off. I mean, nobody'd heard of a gravel bike. What? 10 years ago yeah. you couldn't have bought a gravel bike and now it's it's a thing so it's, it's a pretty thing. cool it's its own sport now yeah. i mean you got dk uh you got dk you got land run i mean those are big big events and yep. uh, you got the bikes and all, all that so i want to get into the uh the route a little bit later but first um okay my mm. perception is that you're you're kind of under the covers kind of guy like <laughs> i hadn't ever heard of you um, you haven't been like super promoting the route. It's like one day there was just Chuck Campbell's that, that did a route, you know, and um, put it out there. So I'd love to kind of get some of your story and how you got into cycling and bike packing. Okay. Uh, man, you know, I've been riding a bike my whole life, all the way from elementary school, going to school and stuff. So biking has always been there. Uh, but really, I was a runner for a long, long time. Um, pretty serious runner you know I was like running at least one race every month and, um, really training you know trying to get better and trying to not lose strength as I got older but I broke a bone in my foot uh, when I was I don't know maybe 43 and busted it in three pieces and I kept running on it for two years so it's it's never gonna heal now so my choice was well get on a bike or maybe when you're 65 you won't be walking anymore so uh, in my 40s, I got on the bike and started doing that, and uh, then uh, started thinking about doing the Tour Divide because I saw the film, you know, about the Tour Divide. Yeah. And really, that was my introduction to bike packing because, I mean, I've done a lot of backpacking. I've I've through hiked the Ozark Island Trail and I've through hiked the Washita Trail and the Colorado Trail, 500 wow. miles. So the transition from taking the stuff off of my back and putting it onto the bicycle and doing the camping and all of that, it was, it was pretty natural. Yeah, you and I have a very similar background in that regard. I, I came with all the outdoor experience. Yeah. And whenever I learned about bikepacking and watched the same film you watched, I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's, that's it. That's what I want to do. It's funny. I've gone camping with some, with some new bikepackers, and they don't know how to build a fire. <laughs> you know yeah and they don't know the you know it's like the the camping gear is new to them right you know they've been a cyclist all the time but it's the camping gear that that's puzzling them yeah so. yeah and and also learning to go out in the woods and be self-sufficient yeah. and and not carry all your fears and we all go through a process of kind of whittling down what we need and what yeah. we don't need when we go out on trips but and finding water Oh, finding water. Yeah, when That's you're out there, one. you know, they, they, they just don't think about that because they think, well, you got to find a spigot if you're going to get yeah. water. No, you got to have your filter and <laughs> you can't buy a creek. And, you know, it's 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 things that I've seen that they don't think about yeah. immediately like I do. Well, that's good to put out there. I, I was interviewed recently for another podcast, and they asked me to uh, give some tips to beginners that are thinking about getting into it. And one of the things I said was, you know, just you can start in your backyard. I mean, yeah. if you don't know how to set up a tent or cook on a, a, a little campfire stove or build a fire, just go in your backyard. I, I've done plenty of that when I'm testing out new gear. So, yeah, um, yeah, coming coming to the sport with with that background is a huge advantage for yeah. sure. 
It was a big deal. So whenever you first got into cycling, was it exclusively gravel riding? No, really. When I, when I, you know, I, I always had a road bike. And so when I was a runner, uh, a lot of times the group that I ran with, uh, we would do one cycling day a week just to rest our legs. Uh, Cause it's a lot different, you know? So I've always had that road bike and been on it. Um, I didn't really get the gravel bike until uh, maybe 2013, something like that, 2014. I bought, wow. I bought a Fargo because yeah. I was gonna do the divide. Um, up to that time, I had a mountain bike and I had my road bike, but I hadn't thought of a bike where I could get all the gear attached to it, really. Wow. So when did you get the Fargo? What year? 2013? It must have been, it must have, actually it must have been 14. Jesus. And you did the Tour Divide in 15? Well, it was an epic failure though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I had all kinds of mechanicals. Well, that's uh, a great story that I, too. That I couldn't, yeah. And, and that, that's really where this route came from. It's because uh, I was uh, getting ready to, to go do the tour and, uh, looking at the map that Adventure Cycling had on their website that showed all of their routes. And I'm looking at Arkansas and there's this big blank space. We, mm -hmm. It looked to me like we were the only state that had zero miles with Adventure Cycling. Yeah. Uh, it turns out there was another, I think it was maybe Delaware. Delaware. Had zero. So, you know, here we were with zero miles and it honestly got under my skin a little bit. It's like, really, dude, come on. You know, <laughs> Arkansas is cool. So... I started thinking that we ought to have a route in Arkansas. And um, I thought what it ought to do is it ought to tie together a bunch of cool places. And it, what I really wanted was 100% gravel, you know? Um, knowing it'd be a lot different than the Tour Divide, but still, you know, something along the same, the same lines. And um, so I, I told a buddy about this. We were actually, I told my wife, talked about it a little bit before I went up to the tour, but I got to Banff for the start of the tour, and I had a buddy there, Mike Dickin, uh, and I told Mike the idea, and he started saying, oh my God, it's gotta go here. Oh yeah, and it's gotta go there to this place. Is he from Arkansas too? Yeah, he's uh, he grew up in Russellville, uh, and I was a scoutmaster there in Russellville, and he oh, was cool. one of the scouts. He's an Eagle Scout from our troop. Sweet, so am I. Yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, that's where I got a lot of my, you know, camping and experience well, and that's from. where Michael got all of yeah. his, well, I got all mine growing up in scouts too, but, um, so Michael and I rode together for the first few days and we kept talking about it, you know, and we'd <laughs> sit down and, and eat lunch and we'd say, yeah, it's got to go here and there. So that was the origin of the idea. Uh, and then I finally, uh, pulled out at Kremlin, Colorado. Um, how far in is that? That was 1700. 1,700 miles out of the 2,800. That's a decent chunk. I felt, you know, I, For your I had first done event something. Only. Yeah, Man, my first come event. On. That's amazing. <laughs> I had done something, but I didn't. I got to go back. Yeah, for sure. You understand, right? Oh, I understand. So I'm going back at some point. But anyway, how did when you I get from? Out, well, go ahead. Just back. How did you get from? I'm still curious. You came into it with obviously a lot of athleticism from running. Yeah. And you already did a little bit of cycling. Yeah. But you 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 that you were in that space you learned about bike packing bought a fargo and a year later you're at the tour divide yeah how did you train for that what was your training like getting into that 
Well, it was it was complicated by this fact. A year earlier, uh, in 2013, I spent most of the year lying on my back because I had a blown disc and uh, I had to have uh, back surgery. I lost uh, about 15 pounds of weight because I couldn't do anything, all muscle that I lost. So I started trying to train that winter, and so I was, I was trying to do weights too because my legs were just nothing. I had lost, I wish I'd have measured my legs before the back injury because yeah. by the time that I got up and got on my bike again, my legs were like toothpicks. So I started training, doing weights, uh, but it wasn't enough. I still, I was not ready. My mm. body was just not ready for it, and it beat me up. Um, how much training lot, on the bike did you do? How much training? Yeah, on the bike, yeah. I was trying to do like 100 to 120 miles a week, and I wasn't getting enough in. Mm. And I went on a few bikepacking trips, and I felt good about my gear because it was my, it was my backpacking gear. I just pulled it over and stuck it into my my new bags for the bike. So I felt good about all of that. Uh, but in retrospect, I see now that I didn't spend enough time getting the bicycle dialed in. Uh, and I didn't spend enough time understanding how to do the kind of repairs that I needed to do while I was out there in the middle of nowhere. Right. Because uh, I'd always just taken it to the bike shop and they fix anything, you know? And <laughs> That's my club. That's oh man, I, yeah. yeah. And so, not being able to get it to, you know, I, well, I can just turn the dial here and I can get the, mm -hmm. the, the cable tuned up, right? No, it was tearing me up. So, um, is that what did you in? Yeah, and, and I broke a derailleur hanger. Yeah. Well, I had a spare one. My mechanic had said, man, you got to carry a, a spare Smart. one. Smart. So, but then I couldn't get it off of the derailleur. Well, a truck happened by and picked me up. Took me into Kremlin and said, we got a bike shop. And I roll in, and, and this dude is like fixing Huffy bikes for kids in town. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, man. I, so he tries to get the, the hanger off the derailleur, you know, the half hanger. And he ends up stripping it out because he was using an Allen, and it was a star. Oh, and no. so he stripped out the bolt, and it's inside that little pocket mm -hmm. that you're reaching into. So I spent an hour or two trying to get it out myself couldn't get it loose he didn't have a derailleur I thought well you know I could hook it up single speed and and ride the rest of the way to Breckenridge and, and get him to fix it there or Frisco Colorado but the whole trip had just been snake bit and I was just uh have you ever uh I finally decided that's it pulling the plug do you have a box he had a box boxed my bicycle up and got on a Greyhound bus yeah I hear you <laughs> I mean, it's still a major accomplishment, and, and I, I genuinely believe that no trip is a failure if you're learning something from that experience. Yeah. I, there's no way you didn't ride 1,700 miles of the Tour Divide and not come away with a, a wealth of knowledge yeah. uh, that you now have at your disposal. So it's only going to make you a better rider going forward. Oh, it, it did. You know. I'm, well, I'm sure you've been using it actually on the... On the, is it the High Country Route? Is that what the route is called? It's called the Arkansas High Country Route. Arkansas High Country Route. Yeah, yep. I realized we were talking about it, and I don't even think we uh, <laughs> said what the name was, so I wanted to throw that in there. Um, we but, wanted to not confuse it with the Ozark Highlands Trail. Okay. So we named it the High Country instead of Highlands. What, where does that name come from? Well, it really comes from, from my schooling. Um, I'm an environmental science teacher. Okay. My and my first job as a teacher out of college 
was to teach for a program that was called Project Land, Learn Arkansas's Natural Divisions. So when you look at the state of Arkansas, you can divide us up into the highlands and the lowlands. And then there's three natural divisions in the, in the lowlands. That would be the, the Delta, Coastal Plain, Crowley's Ridge. And in the highlands, we have the Ozarks, where we're sitting right now, the Washita's and the, and the Arkansas River Valley. So that concept is just buried in my head, you know? That's the way I see the state is the highlands and the lowlands, yeah, and then looking at those three natural divisions. So when Michael and I were talking about where should the route go, we just kept thinking, well, why don't we just try to do it just in the Washtaws and Ozarks River Valley, then maybe someday we'll look at the lowlands and put one together for that. Oh, cool, yeah. yeah. So you do different segments. Of yeah, the... so that's where the name came from. I like that idea. That's a great idea. Just for the three highland natural divisions of the state of Arkansas. Yeah. So – uh, for people who have never been to Arkansas, what can they expect to see? I mean, it's nice to say Ozark and the Wachita's, but yeah, what's the elevation like? What's the what's the uh, geology like and the topography, all that? What what are, what are they going to expect if they come and ride your route? Joe Jacobs uh, works for the Arkansas Parks and Tourism, and uh, he has a perfect description for it. He was trying to tell some folks from um, Wyoming uh, what to expect here and he said well our, our mountains are not that high but the valleys are real low <laughs> so you know you would look at Mount Magazine which is what is this just under 2800 feet in elevation and you would think Psst, mm -hmm. you know it's not even 3,000 feet it's not a mountain but then when you consider the fact that it you don't have to travel very many miles and you're at 300 foot elevation and you know you start looking at the the steepness all right so maybe it's not a colorado climb where you're you're going to climb 10,000 feet from bottom to top mm -hmm. but my experience in riding the climbs in on the tour divide are that the climbs here in arkansas some of them are just as challenging i think of cave mountain uh over on the buffalo river and Beautiful uh, area, by the way and yeah, and I was—I just climbed. I, I rode Poto Mountain last, well, the beginning of this week. I was riding up Poto Mountain, um, and Rebecca Rush. You know, I was—I was over there. Rebecca's doing the route, yeah. and Rebecca. Yeah, we'll was talk about that in a little bit. When she came off of Poto Mountain, here's what she said: "That's legit." <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess that those, made you smile as oh, a, yeah. great, a route uh, creator. Huh? Those two descriptions, you know, that uh -huh. Joe Jacobs. Well, the mountains are not real high, but the valleys, valleys go low. very low. Yeah. And for Rebecca Rush to say, that's legit. Yeah. You know? Um, that's a badge of honor. It is. Yeah, that's awesome. But, the you know, the Washita's are east-west running ridges. So as long as you're running east-west, you're either on top of a ridge or down in the valley. As soon as you turn north or south, it's going to be like straight up a, a ridge and then straight down the other side. Yeah. That's where the challenges are. And uh, from what I've seen... It's all uh, tons of trees, yeah. uh, lots of rocks. The terrain is like super rocky, yeah. and uh, and lots of water. Like yeah. those are those are the three things that kind of stand out to me. Just yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful area, and and also, you know, I mean, talking about the elevation, yeah, it's only maybe goes up to about three thousand feet. But one of the nice things about that is that, well, me coming from Texas at no elevation, I still feel like 
that's a little bit more doable than Colorado, which I've done and I, uh, I suffered greatly, <laughs> but, well, but, what but guys from Colorado can come yeah. down whenever it's uh, snowing exactly. and they can come down here and ride. So exactly. there's a we've lot got, of appeal to that. We've got all year riding down here. That's, that's a great thing about this. Yeah. And the rock is one of the things that contributes to that. I, I right. I mean, mm-hmm. you tell yeah. me, but uh, I'm an outsider, but it see I, it rained, uh, yesterday yeah. or two days ago, I should say. Uh, rained all day and then I let the dra- trails dry for about an hour and then I went on a ride and yeah. they're wet but you're just riding on rock and if there's dirt it's just dirt on top of rock so yeah. you can pretty much ride wet cold yep uh, year round it seems like yeah and exactly and yeah. you might find some roads that are worse than others you know spots of clay that are just almost like you would find in that that infamous creek crossing in the dirty kansas where you know uh, yeah any guy anybody who's not smart enough to pick up their bike and carry it through there is going to be trying to get red clay off their bike for the next 10 miles you know yeah so there are spots like days. that but uh yeah next 10 days but you can you can go around those or pick up your bike if it's been really rainy yeah so when did you decide to like bring this to the aca <laughs> As soon and, as and how I did got you, home from Kremlin. Really? Yeah, I mean, I I got home, and I know I know it was within two weeks. I just called. Yeah. And uh, and I said, you know, I I just I guess I got somebody at the front desk, and uh, told him I have an idea for a route, and the girl was like, well, okay, let me pass <laughs> you over to Carla. So she passed me over to Carla, and then Carla was just as you know cautious she's on the other end well, well you know yeah. how many calls like that do they get a day no kidding you, you know I, I but what kind of an idiot am i to think that i could call up adventure cycling and they might do my route you a know? perfect idiot <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it turns funny. out you were the perfect idiot to do it <laughs> it does it does uh, so yeah i called them and and carla said well i don't know it's kind of a what, what i first said was hey I'm from Arkansas. Where's the love? And she just died laughing. She said, I know, I know, because they were aware of it. And she said, well, do you have an idea? I said, yeah, I got, a, I got a big idea. So she said, well, get a state highway map and mark it out and send it to me. And I said, well, you realize that it's going to be mostly off of the state highways. And she said, yeah, that's cool. You know, we'll look where it goes and uh, send it to her. Um, and then another funny thing, when we're talking about the name, I said, I want to call it the the Highland Route, Arkansas Highland. Or at that time, that's what we were thinking about, Arkansas Highland. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, did Arkansas really have any high land? <laughs> <laughs> so reference our previous conversation, right? right. Uh, but anyway, I, I sent that to her uh, in, let's see, I rode the divide in 2015. And then that winter, might have been early spring, one of their cartographers was coming through the area. Um, and so they said, well, we got this guy coming through, and so what if he just stops and talks with you and you show him all the, everything that you've got? And um, so he did. He stopped in, and I had him sold that night. I mean, he was a believer. The, the dude's name is Travis Switzer. Yeah. 
Um, did he ride part of the route with y'all, or did y'all drive it? Or We didn't get to ride part of the route because he got stuck in a snowstorm in the Midwest when he was trying to get here. Oh. So we ended up just spending one night at our house, and we actually rode some single track okay. the next day that, that's not on the route. Uh, but just laying it out on the kitchen table and him looking at all the maps, I, I just had a, a Delorme gazetteer, you know, uh-huh. and I had it all marked in there with a highlighter. And we were just turning pages, and I was showing him all the cool spots. So he went home, or he went back to Montana and, and Missoula and told them about it, and he was became that advocate, you know? Yeah. So they said, well, put together a PowerPoint and send it to us, and then we want to have a conference call. And so we did that, and, and then Travis put together a blog spot to put it on Adventure Cycling's webpage, and that's when it blew up. They said, we're just going to put it out there and see if there's any interest. Yeah. And the Arkansas people just went crazy. I went crazy. I remember. Do you I mean, remember that, the blog spot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was what made all of this happen. And next thing I know, there's some dude with uh, State Parks and Tourism who's wanting to friend me on Facebook. And then Arkansas State Parks and Tourism. Arkansas State Parks and Tourism. And then a dude with the Walton Family Foundation who wants to friend me on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, those guys got involved, and they contacted Adventure Cycling directly and said, we like this idea, we'd like for it to happen. And really, that's what made it happen. And then know? they put their money where their mouth was. Yeah, the Walton Family Foundation uh, threw down $100,000, which was, you know, that was half of the funding to produce the maps. Um, you know, what was it was really funny. Um, when talking about money and they were finally we got ready to map it and carla said well we can't pay you much and i said you're gonna pay me <laughs> so when i got out and started doing the the mapping and running around arkansas with a gps unit in my hand they actually paid me a little money so that's so cool yeah so in the summer i got to i got to do that and being a teacher it yeah i just didn't do other work that summer i just went and worked just for ACA. That. yeah yeah man cool. that is oh, that's so cool and it's it's so cool that the Walton Foundation and the state of Arkansas reached out to you, yeah. reached out to ACA, yeah. put some money into it, and said, let's let's make this thing happen. Those guys made it happen, no doubt. How cool is that? I mean, how yeah. cool, that's, who who else, like, where else is that going on right now in the United States? Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on in other places, but here in Arkansas, it's pretty crazy, you know? How uh, have you seen, how long have you been stuff? here? And how, how have you seen it grown? I've been here for 56 years. There you go. So, I mean, what, when, how long has this been going on? Because now I feel like everybody knows Northwest Arkansas yeah. for the mountain biking. Yeah. I think now they're going to start uh, knowing it for the bike packing as well. Yeah. Um, hopefully, right? And uh, I don't know. It feels to me like it's with, I know it's within the last 10 years. It's got to be. Uh, at least that's what it feels like. I, I think can they started an, developing stuff up here maybe a little earlier. But. Well, that's interesting because I told you when we first sat down that Arkansas first got on my map 10 years ago as a, a place I was interested in visiting yeah. and riding bikes and yeah. just getting outdoors. I mean, it's called the natural state, right? Yeah. Um, and it's there's just so much na- natural beauty, beauty here. Yeah. And uh, it just lends itself to cycling uh, or any kind of outdoor activity, really. Yeah. But you have a state and an organization with the Waltons who recognize 
the economic value yeah. of uh, of building this type of infrastructure yeah. so that people will want to come here. They'll want to come visit, yeah. spend their tourism dollars, or they'll want to yep. come and live here, which is what my wife and I just bought land here right off the Blowing Springs Loop in Bella Vista. Like, you know, we're a, we're a product of... Yep. Of, of the effort that they're putting into the community. Actually, Arkansas the <laughs> cities are waking up to that. You know, I mean, Little Rock, and in my mind, this route had to start and finish in Little Rock, you know, because that's the capital. I know uh, some of the guys in the Walton Family Foundation said, it's got to start in Bentonville. Uh, uh, you know? <laughs> and I'm cool with them thinking that. But in my mind, you know, there's Little Rock. There it is. It's the center of the state. It's the capital. And a lot of folks up here, or at least some folks up here, don't understand or, or haven't seen everything they're doing at Little Rock. You can get on the north side of the river in Little Rock, over there north of Little Rock, and you ought to see that route, uh, the, the pedestrian and cyclist route. And you ought to see the number of people that are using it. It rivals what's going on up here yeah. with the Greenway. And um, they're still completing it on the south side of the river. It's more complicated because there's a lot more development right on the river. So all of the private landowners are getting, you know, they're, they're getting the buy-in though. You know, folks are giving them easements to, yeah, go ahead and take that across my land. And part of the reason is those, those folks are realizing the economic impact of building this kind of infrastructure where people will get on their bike, ride down through there, stop and have lunch. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to encourage restaurants. You're going to bring in more bike shops. Uh, you're going to encourage uh, small businesses that might be selling groceries that you can carry home in a bike bag, that kind of stuff. Yesterday, we, we rode our bikes on the Greenway from Bella Vista, where yeah. we're staying, yeah. to uh, it's six, seven miles into downtown Bentonville. Yeah. Had some beers, had some pizza. Yep. We were at the... the uh, Bentonville Film Festival and, and yep. watch some of their goings-ons down there. And then we hit some of the best single track I've ever ridden on the way home. And it's yeah. just right next to the... Did uh, you do Slaughter Pen? We didn't hit Slaughter Pen. Okay. I'm going to hit Slaughter Pen before I leave. Yeah. But um, actually, the guy I was riding with uh, uh, got a flat. Oh. Thomas. <laughs> Getting flats. <laughs> Had to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we didn't quite make it to Slaughter Pen before, before he flatted. So... Um, but anyway, I mean, the, the, it's world-class trails right next to a world-class bike path. Yeah. And you can, I don't know, it, it's it's unlike anywhere I've ever been. It's like a cyclist paradise. Yeah, it is up here. And I'm glad that my hometown of Russellville uh, is doing some stuff. And, and it, you know, it goes back to that old thing about you, you build it and they'll come, you know, from the old baseball yeah. movie. If you stay, we're not going to build the bicycle infrastructure because nobody rides a bike. <laughs> you're thinking backwards, you know. As soon as you get it built, then that's going to encourage folks to get on their bikes. And, and Russellville is, is seeing that. The city fathers are seeing it. Um, building multi-use uh, ways of moving around the city. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of runners now. And, you know, running had died out after the 70s. Mm. Uh, it seemed to me, I mean, uh, didn't see nearly as many people out there running. But two things, Russellville's built the infrastructure where folks can run and they can feel safe doing it. And Safety. then we have a big ha uh, half marathon in town now. And so lots of people train for that half marathon. That can't do anything except improve the health yeah. 
and the happiness of the people who live in Russellville. 100%. You know? Yeah. Another example. My son lives in Seattle. You know why he lives in Seattle? He can get on his bicycle. He can roll down to the bus stop, put his bike on the front of the bus, go anywhere he wants to any of the parks, take his bicycle off, and ride anywhere that he wants, you know? Yeah. Um, so old people like me have to start thinking, like, what do 25-, 30-year-old people want in a city if we want to bring those people into our city? You know, that's our future. Yeah. So... That's, that's a great perspective. It all fits together. It does. I'm, I'm so glad that people are seeing that and that, um, you know, I was going to, I was thinking while you were talking, have you heard that the Waltons are, are using um, their work here in Arkansas and they're taking that to other states now? I've seen some of that. Yeah. I can't remember their the, posts. I can't Facebook. remember their exact dollars, but yeah. basically they've started a grant to where anyone in any state can bring them. Uh, a route, mm-hmm. uh, anything, uh, bike related, trail related, and bring them something, and they will potentially, if they like the idea, they will they will help work cool. with the city to implement these types of things all over. Yep. And they're using. I mean, it, Arkansas is just the beta. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're only getting started. This is yeah. This is their blueprint for what they want the United States of America to look like. From my perspective, looking <laughs> in, like. They're like, look, here's proof of concept. Yeah. Here's how you grow the economy. Here's how you have healthy citizens. Here's how you have happy people. Yeah. Here's how you reduce all the, the traffic and yep. I mean, uh, and promote tourism and all the things that we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, They're doing a lot, too. They're, they're giving grants to schools I know about. We better talk to Gary and make sure we're getting all this right. <laughs> but they're giving grants to schools, especially poverty schools, to get bicycles for their PE programs. Yeah. Bicycles and helmets and, and no coming brainer. down and helping to, to build bike courses uh, so that kids can get on a good bike, put a helmet on their head, learn how to ride that bike, teach them how to ride on the neighborhood roads safely, and then cut them loose, you yeah. know? I think it's great. It's wonderful. I mean, it's, and it's a no-brainer, too. Yeah. yeah. I... Uh, we didn't talk about, but just driving around, there's so many, like if there's a, a park, from what I've seen, if there's a park, there's usually like a, a pump track yeah. or, you know, some jumps or, yeah. uh, and some of them are huge, uh, some of them are little, but I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're just so bought into like the family. Yeah. Not just everyone, everyone, yeah. whether you're a kid or you're yeah. an adult or you're a family or whatever it is, there's something for here you here to like get on a bike and go enjoy it yep yeah there uh there's plans for a pump track in russellville so, nice yeah it's I'm, gonna be cool i'm not surprised by it anymore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i used to be like what are they doing now what are they doing now and yeah. i'm just like yep that's what they do that's that's just what they do up here yeah. and that's a great thing to be known for yeah it is cool all right so uh i'm i'm gonna throw this out there real quick I am so like stoked on the whole Arkansas thing yeah. that I'm, I was worried that my listeners of my podcast would be like, dude, this guy won't shut up about Arkansas. <laughs> so this is, I didn't even tell you this, but this is actually going to be my first uh, episode of a new podcast I'm starting. And I don't even know what it's named yet. I have it on Instagram as Arkansas bikepacking. That's it. So, okay. um, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna release this on my regular podcast, but I'm also gonna start one 
just talking about Arkansas and everything they have going on here because I just feel like I'm going to talk about it so much everybody else is going to get sick of hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to you got to hook up with Brandon Pack. He just created a group on Facebook called yeah. Arkansas Bike Packing. Great. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Pack and I are meeting in three weeks. All right. Uh, he and, and he and I had a great conversation. Um, he also just uh, put out a route or is about to release a route. Yeah. And. Uh, I have to tell you that he was very intentional about wanting me to interview you first. Oh, really? And make sure that there was like separation between both of those interviews, in which I completely agree. Um, you know, he 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 definitely gave you a lot of credit for your work and wanted to make sure that uh, you got your your moment in the whatever sh whatever whatever this is my moment your moment seconds of fame or whatever. yeah you're, you're all the fame i can provide that's what you're gonna get brandon is uh and he's uh he works for the international mountain bike association right i think maybe he's regional director or something like that something yeah. uh, he told me i mean he's he's in charge of some stuff and making sure all those trails get built and hiring rock solid uh, to go out there and build them. And he's a cat herder is what he is. All okay, of these people yeah. are running around doing stuff, and then he, you know, he's there trying to make sure that they're all on the same page. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just a great example of how much is going on here. Like, we had Rebecca Rush here, yeah. and then yesterday we also have Leo Wilcox. Yeah, I heard that she was in town. She's in town. I actually reached out to her um like two hours ago yeah and we're gonna do an inter uh, interview tonight tell her that she needs to ride my race i'm gonna tell her <laughs> i <laughs> sent her a facebook message and uh, uh how wild she is said that? Ah, maybe another year but you know it's it's at the same time as the tour divide but i gotta i gotta lure her away once okay for the uh uh she she can win a beautiful belt buckle oh we got a belt buckle a belt buckle that's the finisher. That's the winner's belt buckle for this year, and a custom-made belt. Oh, Lael, you want this? Yeah, with with Razorbacks on it. You're not gonna get that anywhere else. That's right. The only <laughs> way to get it. In fact, uh, one of the folks that's that's with Rebecca said, "Ooh, you're gonna get Rebecca a buckle." I said, "If she comes and wins the race, <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. Maybe she'll come and win it, and we'll get." So her the a only person that gets a buckle is the winner. No, what we're going to do is we're going to have... Uh, I want a buckle right now. Do I get a buckle for this interview? Absolutely not. We're going to have... <laughs> a, the male winner gets a buckle. The right. female winner gets a buckle. And then we're going to have a third one that is going to be raffled off to uh, a lucky finisher. Oh, cool. So we're going to have three buckles and belts. The custom belts go with it, too. So after you finish, you have to contact Flying Possum Leather in Fayetteville. And they'll sizes. make that's right. Got to get the size. They'll make the belt and mail it to you. So that is cool. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love the buckle, buckles. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk about the route. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you created it. So tell us everything you want to tell us about the route, everything you want to put out there. I, you're talking I, to a bunch of bikepacking nerds right now. I so. know. I'm, I, and you're not going to get me to shut up at this point. Um, like I said, it's just trying to pull together the beautiful spots, you know, um, everybody in Little Rock knows about they call it lake sylvia area i know so out west of town uh there's just tons of beautiful gravel uh there's a wilderness area out there flat side wilderness is there and so we ride right along the edge of it um for those folks who are not going to be racing uh, there's so much stuff that's close to the route where you ride up to the the trailhead for the flat side uh pinnacle lock your bike to the tree you better because 
we know your experience. And then you get to hike up. It's only half mile, and you get this beautiful view of the wilderness area. And that's that's not even 30 miles from what I consider the origin of the route, which is mm-hmm. Little Rock, you know? So it's just getting started on the just rock. Just getting started. And then you should do something for your race. Like if you go to the top and take a picture, it's like you get like a. a we have mandatory selfies. You do? We do. We have mandatory selfies along the way. Uh, and the people who are going to race slower, they don't mind. The folks who are really wanting to haul tail across it, I love some that of those idea. are. Yeah, it, well, I mean, look at what Rebecca's doing right now. We'll go ahead and talk about that. Look what yeah, she's doing right now. It. How many people are following her dot? What is she doing right now? For she's people who she's don't right. Know. She's setting the first, really the first completion of the route. So fastest known time, right? But really, this is the first time anybody's ridden it from beginning to end. I haven't ridden it from beginning to end. Okay. So she's going to ride the whole perimeter anyway, uh, and that's what the race is going to follow. And and setting that that uh, that first known time and certainly the fastest so um i wonder how long that'll hold up because the weather yeah. that y'all have had while she's been trying to do this has not been great no it's you were not. out there riding with her so yeah why don't, why don't I got tell to... us tell us how that was um it'd be neat to hear about how the route was like through her eyes as well, she's a world-class athlete world-class athlete yeah what was she and i'm a redneck her? from arkansas there you go. who's 56 two years old in a, two peas in a pod <laughs> so yeah yeah it was it was a great experience to get to do that and and i'm not really a famous person worshiper you know what i mean yeah and she knows that and she was cool with it uh she was even talking crap after uh after I rode with her son, which was really cool, you know, because yeah. that gives me permission to talk crap too. But yeah. she was just she was just cool. She was down to earth. I could ride her pace for uh, about 50 miles. She rode it for 140 miles that day wow. over some unbelievable mountains. Um, what kind of pace is that? She, you know, I was riding 14 miles an hour for about the first 20 miles. And that was because we started with a big downhill, and then we didn't have very many big climbs going across there. Um, and then by the time we climbed uh, Poto Mountain, just to get to the top of it, my average had dropped to 12 miles an hour. <laughs> and then by the time I got to the end of Poto Mountain, it's like a roller coaster. This is for Allie Mabry. It's a roller coaster of love. <laughs> so after that roller coaster across there, my average had dropped down to about 11 miles an hour. Um, I think we'd have to check with Rebecca. I think she's averaging for the whole thing just over 10, 10 or 11 miles an hour for this In- whole thing. Including stops or is that just ride time? I think that's just ride time, okay. but we'd have to check with her Yeah, and, and see. Oh, we'll definitely be following up. I mean, she's uh, what about halfway through right now? Well, or? she's, she's coming into this area pretty quick. She was on, she was on the Mulberry river last night. And she's headed up to the Greenway. She ought to be hitting the the south end of Fayetteville any minute now. Oh wow! Yeah, and coming right up the Greenway, uh, she'll go right down there's the Lake Fayetteville down right below where we're sitting. Okay. She'll be going across that at some point here pretty soon. Wow. Yeah, we'll check her dot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever we get off, we'll check our check her dot, and maybe we'll go. Yeah. Say hi. That's right. That that would be cool. So what is uh yeah what's her um, you said that she got to the top of that climb and was like. 
Oh, that's legit. Yeah. What about her reaction to the, the natural beauty of the state? Well, she, you know, because she's a Westerner. Yeah. I, she wasn't born out there, but she's lived out there for so long, and, and she was talking about the green, mm-hmm. you know, and that folks who come from the West, that's always one of the first things. Oh, my gosh, look at this green. Look at how thick it is. Um, you know, the thing that she commented on most is how nice the people are. Yes. And how helpful the people have been to her. Um, she's riding tubeless and tore up a tire. Mm-hmm. You got to check out her Facebook page to see all this in her Instagram. She's in the middle of nowhere. She gro- she rolls into a a tire store that fixes car tires. Really, they fix truck tires. Yeah, I saw that. It's a logging community down in at Hatfield, and these guys booted her tire for her with a uh, with a boot for an auto tire, and then she tubed it up and kept going. Right on. But she was just talking about how cool those people were and how nice they were and how interested they were in what she's doing and and uh just how kind they've been to her all the kindnesses so i've i've noticed i'm from texas where i thought and people are nice in texas they're yeah. very hospitable very southern um but you come to arkansas and it's they it's like turned up to a hundred yeah when i i got a i actually tore a tire on a trail and um you know someone on a bike stopped to help me out and then people were coming out of their backyard and yeah. they were like hey man do you need any help down there and exactly I mean, everywhere you go people are just like super friendly and helpful. even if you're in a race some dude is going to stop and say dude you got everything yeah <laughs> for sure I, I have no doubt i have no doubt yeah I'm, I'm glad she noticed that too i've been blown away by how yeah just how friendly everybody is and and willing to help you out and uh, just it seems like a good community yeah, honestly it is yeah good every, people yeah man I, I love that about it so yeah I, I get what she's saying about the green uh, yeah green where are you in Texas I'm in College Station okay so it's uh, are you familiar with that it's in between Dallas Austin and Houston it's yeah. kind of smack dab yeah. central Texas yeah. a little bit so you're not out there at the Austin where it's really dry but no, no. Austin is only about an hour and a half from me, so okay. it's not it's not too far. We uh, we go to Austin quite a bit to do uh, mostly mountain biking out there. Yeah, a lot of great and really rocky. Um, Austin is what has kind of pre- prepared me for riding in Arkansas. Because a lot of people okay. they just come from yeah. you know clay dirt or you know they they get out here and it, it it's a, it's a little bit different to ride single track whenever all the rocks are just sliding around. Yeah, and, uh, it. You know, and, and then you got big boulders too jetting out and doing a climb on some big rocks. It, it just takes learning. Roots. 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 Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, when it rains here. The roots will take you out. And the rocks too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't taken slick. out yet, but I'm expecting to. Because here's the thing about the trails here. They're so well designed. Like, you have these nice, I mean, talking about single track now, but you have these nice, like, climbs. And then without as much effort as you think that you put in, you are sent on a downhill that just keeps on going and yeah. going and going and the speed keeps increasing and yeah. all of a sudden you're like at like oh shit oh shit speed <laughs> <laughs> and it, you didn't even you know it's like it just happens yeah. you're like oh okay <laughs> it's fun it's it's a I lot i want to go back and talk about the route again yeah um, we rolled through hot springs you got to you got to do hot springs the home of the first baseball spring training, Hot Springs, Arkansas. You know, really the first ever. Yeah, and in Babe history. Ruth went down there for for spring training okay. when when he was still with the the Red Sox, uh, and uh, the gangsters and all that. So you know, I had to go through Hot Springs, and then uh, Mount Ida, 
They call themselves the crystal capital of the world for their quartz crystals. Uh, I've been there. And we, we win. Uh, love it. Yeah. So you got the Love It Trail connecting those two cities. Is that and then on you your got route? Womble. What we did is um, we wanted to give a shout out to Emba for the Emba Epic routes. Yep. You know. So uh, we decided that we would put in a single track option for this route. So this route is a gravel route, but if you're crazy, you can get a full-on mountain bike and you can ride the Lovett Trail. Uh, and the Womble's not very far away. So you could make a big loop out of this route. Just using this route, you could ride the Lovett, you could ride a good portion of the Womble, and then you could come back on our gravel roads for, for the high country route and get back to your car at Hot Springs. Okay. Yeah, so you would, like, ride out on your route and yeah. then do a lap of the Womble, yeah. uh, Love It and Womble, and then just come back. And then come right back. Yeah. Yeah. Make yeah. it a big loop. Okay, cool. Uh, and then Albert Pike area. Lots of Arkansasers don't even know about Albert Pike. It was almost a national park, the whole region down there. Uh, Congress and Senate both approved it, and Calvin Coolidge pocket vetoed the thing the day he was walking out of the office. Bastard. Yeah. It was going to, well, I don't know, because if it is a national park, uh, okay. now it's a national forest, so right. nobody knows about it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But we go, you know, took it right through there, um, and then Mina, uh, Queen Wilhelmina State Park, oh my God, is so beautiful. If the, if the earth were not curved, you could see the Gulf of Mexico, because <laughs> your, your 2,000, well, 20, it's the second highest mountain, so it's 2,700 feet. Um, and you could just you look south and it seems like you can just see forever because there's only a few ridges between you and Texas you know that's that's pretty neat actually here because with all the trees that you have you get to a high peak and yeah. a lot of times it's just trees yeah. right so that that's probably pretty special in Arkansas to have that kind of vista it is and, and the lodge you're not give up there is above the tree line no. <laughs> no you're not but then connecting that with with Mount Magazine which is the highest mountain in the state, and another state park and another beautiful lodge. Wanted to connect those, and we did it by going across Poto Mountain, which is, uh, it's like top five in height, but it's, like I said before, it's a roller coaster, and it's just, it's a mountain that you've got to go and experience, and very few people do. It's just a really cool place. Um, I took it through Russellville because that's where I am. Got I mean, to. it's it's my freaking route, right? And yeah. we had to cross the river somewhere. Love that attitude. It's my <laughs> podcast. It's your route. We can do whatever we want to do. <laughs> so we crossed at Russellville to come through my hometown. Um, the other places where we would possibly have crossed uh, didn't have a bike shop. So coming through Russellville, we got a bike shop on the route, another bike shop on the route. But, oh, the Mulberry River, God, it's beautiful. Um, and decided to take it on pavement because the place is just, you, you don't want to miss the mulberry. So instead of the gravel, we just took it straight down the mulberry on the highway that follows it. Yeah. It's just spectacular. What do, what's the percentage of gravel to pavement on it's this 50, route? It's 50-50. 50-50. Yeah. Because uh, you, you, originally you said you wanted it to be all gravel. I wanted it to be all gravel. So it what, just wasn't doable. Okay. Why? Because... 
Well, here's my joke. Because county judges in Arkansas get reelected by paving somebody's road. <laughs> <laughs> there were, there's so many roads that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I would go out and drive them, and they were gravel. Yeah. And, and they're getting paved. Honestly, for counties, it's uh, what I've been told by folks who work for Pope County is that it's cheaper to maintain that chip seal pavement than it yeah. is to dump a load of gravel and have to spread it after every rain. Right. So they throw down the money once, they pave it or chip seal it, and so it's cheaper. So economically, I can see why they want to do it. It's just a bummer for gravel riders, you know? Yeah, I love gravel. A lot of the reason I love gravel, and we all do, I think, is because you associate gravel with um, remoteness, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Less houses, less people, just like getting out there. Yep. So how? I guess a better question is like, how is the remoteness, regardless of the roads that you're on, whether they're paved or gravel, yeah, how, how remote are you on a lot of the route? When I, I rode 90 miles on um, Thursday, was it Thursday I rode? Yeah, I rode 90 miles on Thursday of the route. Today's Saturday, I think. And um, I saw two cars while I was on the dirt roads, 90 miles. When I was on a highway, which was not a very long stretch. Um, I think I saw like seven or eight cars. So riding 90 miles the whole day, and even even the ones that are paved back roads, like I'm thinking uh, Crystal Springs area, uh, just south of there. Um, <clears throat> even though it's paved, uh, the traffic is so light, and it it still it is. It's very remote. You better have your water bottles filled up and <laughs> or have a good dogs. filter. Yeah. Well, yeah, and yeah, Rebecca's had she's got some great pictures with dogs chasing her. But <laughs> I I wanted to ask about the dogs. That's yeah. that's my uh my wife's uh, biggest fear when yeah. riding, so I've not encountered any dogs I can't discourage with a water bottle. Just squirt yeah. them in the nose and and start I start talking to them before they get off the porch, you know. <laughs> uh as soon as I see them, I start talking to them and even the, the dog that chased Rebecca was just doing his job. His, his job is to make sure nobody comes up to the house and invades it. And mm -hmm. so he was dutiful and chased Rebecca down the road for a little bit. <laughs> Buffalo River, man. We, <laughs> we hit the Buffalo River three or four times Yeah. Uh, on the route. Yeah, I mean, you got it's the nation's first national river. A and, national river? Yeah, it was it was declared the first national river, so it entered into the uh, national park system, you know. But as I did a national not know river, that. yeah. When, and, when was that? Oh, it was in the '70s, and the, the reason was the Corps of Engineers in the '60s. Uh, you know, they were mandated to build dams, and the Buffalo had a couple of dams slated to be built, and so. A uh, bunch of Arkansasers got together. Neil Compton, if you're up in Bentonville, Compton Gardens that are up there, that's Dr. Compton's old house. Uh, Ken Smith, who's still running around here in, in uh, Fayetteville. Uh, those guys got together and formed the Ozark Society and they kept the dams from being built. The fe yeah, no kidding. I just got to give a round of applause real quick. <laughs> the federal response. Thank you response. to those guys, and thanks for uh, bringing that up. No kidding. Uh, Ken Smith, you ought to interview him. I don't know that he bikes, but, man, what a cool guy. I, uh, I'm really big on the whole environmental <laughs> and uh, just the, the natural as aspect of the sport. Yeah. You know, I mean, what 
okay, we're bikepacking, but why are we bikepacking yeah. and where are we bikepacking? So we need to be advocates and aware of these resources that we have yep. and we need to fight for them. And yep. so, it, yeah, it, I definitely would talk to somebody who was in He that. laid out the trail, the Buffalo River Trail. Have you ever walked any of it? I haven't, yeah. He laid it out and did um, – and, and he's – Gosh, he's got to be 100 years old now. Sorry, Ken. But uh, <laughs> but he's still going out with trail crews. I took a bunch of my students out to help build a trail because they got to meet Ken Smith. So I took his book, which was used as propaganda, to send to Washington, D.C. to say, look, here's the Buffalo River. Turn it into a national river, which they did. Yeah. I took my book out there with the kids in the woods. We sit down for lunch, and I pull it out to show Ken. And he just laughs, but he's sitting there talking with the kids. The kids are wanting to see the pictures and stuff like that. It was, it was a special moment for me to have all of those kids with Ken That's and so realize cool. that they were in the presence of royalty. Yeah. Here's the guy that made this happen. Yeah. Like Here's you're one of the guys. One of the guys that, that made this so you could be here right now and enjoy it. He and Dr. Compton, and I, I used to get Dr. Compton to come and talk with kids too. But both of those guys are very you know, self-effacing and, oh, well, you know, I was just part of it. But these, these people really did all the work. Yeah. No, they were, <laughs> they were the major players, but they're humble and they want to give credit to everybody that was involved, you know. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Um, going back to your route. Yeah. Uh, how did you map it? So you said that you actually haven't even ridden the entire thing. So how did – Someone is out there right now listening, and they're like, dude, I got an idea for a route. Yeah. How did you map it? I got a DeLorme, the, the Gazetteer, yeah. and sat down with a highlighter. And uh, I should have brought the original with me today because there are some places where every road in the whole area has got a different color of highlighter on it because I would go, I'd think, oh, this is going to be great here. Then I'd go drive it. No, there's got to be something better. So then I'd take a highlighter and mark the next road over and – that's another reason that the, the route kind of twists and turns around is I tried to find the best roads, you know? Uh, if I could go gravel instead of pavement, I would do that. Yeah. If I could go pavement that has very little traffic as opposed to pavement that has more, I would do that. So That's great. Me and my wife would just get in the truck and take off driving and go check out a new section uh, as I got it all laced together. Mm-hmm. So you would, you would put it on a map. Obviously, yeah. you're very familiar with the area. Yeah. Um, so you started off with just a basic map, yeah. marked it, and then you went in. Have you driven the entire thing in entirety now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. And, and the portions that I can't drive, I've, I've ridden. So, you know, it was uh, my wife and I had a, a, a nice weekend up here uh, riding the greenway and mapping it. Uh, because You did I it all in a weekend? Yeah, from, from Fayetteville to Bentonville anyway. Okay. <laughs> but And we had to stop at every intersection and take pictures mm -hmm. that were geotagged. And I had to talk into a uh, uh, the GPS, it's GPS unit with a recorder. Yeah. So every intersection I'd have to stop, take pictures, and then talk to it and say, at this point, continue straight on the greenway. Do not turn right onto the side trail that goes to, you know. Right. So it took us a while. We weren't going real fast, but we rode all the way up. What we did is parked a car at Bentonville, came back down to Fayetteville and started. And so we, we made it to Lowell the first day, and uh, 
stayed in a hotel, which my wife likes. <laughs> and then uh, from Lowell, then we went on, finished it up to Bentonville the next day, and then and then we were done. So we did it in two days. That's cool that your wife bikes too, though. And when you ask her, she's going to say, no, I'm not a cyclist. What she means is she's not an idiot like me. <laughs> but uh, we've done the Katy Trail in Missouri. Oh, yeah. And then uh, – I'd love to do – I haven't done it yet. But oh, it's beautiful. We, we talk about doing it. It would be, be it's, nice to it's do. It's a great – place to take somebody like my wife who says yeah. she's not a cyclist or even like my family i could pull my yeah. daughter behind me on the trailer exactly that kind of stuff you know yeah. yeah it's great it's a lot of fun and we stayed in bed and breakfast when we were doing it yeah it's great cool so uh in conjunction with aca putting out the route i'm pretty i think on the exact same day bikepacking.com released a portion of the route that logan logan watts uh did yeah uh and they were working together on that, you know. Uh, the guys at Adventure Cycling uh, were working with Logan. Yeah, I get this. It's funny how often I get emails and calls now, and it's like, hey, can you tell me about the router? You know, so here's this guy from Bikepacking. Oh, really? Bikepacking.com? And I'm going to come ride your route. Well, that's cool. Uh, he was <laughs> coming back from California, you know, so he had a couple of days when he was going to ride. But, yeah, he rode what we're calling the – the Northwest Loop, you know, in, instead of just one big loop like I envisioned it, uh, Carla, who's in charge of the development at Adventure Cycling, she said, well, you know, right there at Russellville, you're pretty close to Conway. You Could you come up with a connector and make a south loop? Yeah. So, sure, I could do that. So we took it right across Petty Jean State Park, Arkansas's first state park. <laughs> Ran it right across Petty Jean, and we created what I call Carla's Cutoff. And then the next summer, when we were uh, doing the northern part, it, I noticed that, man, at Red Star, we're really close to Oark, and there's a great gravel road that connects the two of them. So we could cut it off right there, and we could actually turn this thing into three loops. Nice. So people could tackle it by, you know, they could do the whole perimeter, which was the way I first envisioned it, or they could take it one loop at a time. Uh, so that it increases the number of options that people have. Yeah, I think I'm a one loop at a time kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> so what he did is he rode, he rode the, uh, what we call the, the Northwest Loop. And it's, well, I'm pulling a map out here for you listeners, but yeah. So he rode this loop right here and the distance is on the front of the like map. 250? It's 237.6 miles, yeah. So he rode that one. So he got to see White Rock Mountain. He got to see Red Star. He got to see the area around King River Falls. He got to go through Eureka Springs, which is just a fabulous little town. We went there on a honeymoon. Oh, really? Great. Yeah, it's a great little town. We went there on a honeymoon. Yeah. yeah, my wife and I did, too. We stayed in the really? Crescent. Really? Yeah, we stayed in the Crescent. We like stayed in some days. cabins. I can't remember the name yeah. of the cabins, but it was a beautiful cabin, super remote, nice lake, super peaceful. It was great. Yeah. yeah. So he rode that and then wrote a great article on uh, on bikepacking about it. Yeah, definitely go check it out. Yeah. Um, great pictures. Logan Watts, bikepacking. Oh, man, he's a photographer, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, his pictures look good. His so. pictures were great. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, bikepacking.com, obviously. ACA, bikepacking.com. Yep. I mean, you've hit. I mean, you can retire now, right? Like, <laughs> what, what else is left? That's Who else right. is going to publish your route? You're on bikepacking.com and Well, ACA. how about Outside Magazine? I hear a rumor. Oh. 
<laughs> you want to talk about that, or is it just a rumor? It's just a rumor right now, but I hear a rumor that, that uh, Outside Magazine might be interested in it. So, Man, more power to you. This yeah. is What's it like, man? I mean, you just had an idea yeah. and kind of ran with it and yeah. threw it out there, and to see it as well-received as it's been received, I mean, what is that like? I, I, I'm still kind of in shock that it that it did happen this way. I mean, if I didn't think it, they would have thought about it, I would not ever called them, you know? <laughs> so I, I knew it was a great idea. Right. Um, but the other thing is to see it happen this fast, you know? But when the state of Arkansas, uh, with Joe Jacobs and uh, the Arkansas Parks and Tourism, when they showed an interest in it, and then when the Walton Family Foundation showed an interest in it, you know, that's what really created this quick timeline that, that we've seen. It just, it, it happened so fast. I was thinking, ah, you know, we might be on their schedule to develop this thing in 10 years, mm. but uh, no, it happened real fast. They wow. got it got it published and, and uh, got it out there. Man, again, that, I mean, kudos, kudos to everybody that, kudos to you for having the idea and reaching out to ACA and for them to be interested in the Waltons and Arkansas, the state, uh, the state of Arkansas to, to back you up and to promote it and to push it through the pipeline. It's been pretty cool. I mean, it's so cool. Yeah. And it never would have happened. Well, maybe it would have happened. Maybe it would have happened one day, but maybe it happened right now because, yeah. because you were willing to have the idea or you weren't, you had the idea, you called them and you made something happen. It was, it's, it's pretty funny how it's all happened. Crazy is the word I just keep using. Yeah. It's just crazy, man. Crazy. But it happened. That's all. Hey man, <laughs> however it happens, it happens. It's here now. It's That's not, right. gonna, it's not going to go anywhere. No. no matter what happens, that route will always be there. Yeah. Someone can go ride it. That's right. That's awesome. So talking about the route a little bit, like what uh, what bike is is the right bike to use, or um, maybe you could talk a little <laughs> bit about your setup. Man, trying to tell somebody what bike they ought to ride is like telling them what kind of woman they ought to marry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but I, I'm riding I'm riding a, a Trek checkpoint, and a big reason that I'm riding that is because my like my local bike shop carries Trek. You know? And what is a checkpoint? Is that more of a gravel? It's a gravel, yeah. But it, it doesn't have that race geometry. Uh, the heck, Gary Verdon's been riding it with, on a Salsa Warbird, which has got that race geometry, and he's put all the luggage on it and just loved it. Uh, yeah. But I'm riding I'm riding a checkpoint. One of the things I found out on the Tour Divide is I don't do well on drop bars on gravel. So I had cyclist palsy, man, and my hands were just numb. Couldn't even oh. tie my shoes. Yeah, wow. Um, so what I've done is put flat bars on there with the ergo grips. And then I also put the, uh, the horns on the side so I can change my grip around. Right. You know, a lot of people do those Jones bars, which that might be an option too. That's what I have. My wife and I just switched to Jones bars. You like bars. them? Um, all right. <laughs> I'm 50-50. I like them for uh, long distance bike packing. Mm -hmm. um, they offer more. So if you have drop bars, then you're limited on your width. Yeah. If you have a bed roll up there or whatever, yeah. you're limited on your width. With Jones bars, it, it solves that. Jones bars have a lot of hand options that you don't realize. Yeah. You can go narrow. You can yeah. spread your hands out. You can... Uh, you can put your forearms on the two bars up yep. front. You got lots of hand positions uh, on the grips. Yep. Um, so the way I look at it is like the perfect world for me um, on my on my touring or bike packing bike, uh, Jones bars, anything I'm going to be riding with with gear and loaded down and for long distances. I think Jones bars are are the way to go for me. Yeah. Um, and then 
maybe for like a gravel bike slash you know just around town bike i want to get another one and put the wood chippers yeah back back on there yeah wood chippers are great man they're just fun yeah they are they feel great because you you get in the drops but your hands are spread out so you got some leverage for yeah i miss them but i don't i i i need another bike that's the only that's the problem so (laughs) that's always a problem right but i i think they're good and my wife has lots of uh shoulder pains that's what she struggles with yeah and uh she's she just switched to the jones bars i just put them on her bike and so far no pain well that's good yeah i i put comfort as a priority on long trips no kidding because if you're going to be in the saddle a really long time yeah and you want to be enjoying it yeah um speed is great but for me personally the comfort is the most important thing so the longer you can stay in the saddle the more miles you can put in the more you're going to enjoy it yep no doubt and the only way i mean everybody's different so you just got to try and see what works for you so but this checkpoint has got the way, you know, they, and I'm just reading all this. I'm really not that much of a gearhead. I'm not either. But uh, they told me, well, this has got the endurance geometry instead of the geometry for racing. And uh, so I, I, I got that, by, and I went, I got the carbon. You know, I wanted to go lighter, especially because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this race that's coming up this summer. And so I, I bought it last summer so I could ride it a whole year and, and uh, get all my luggage on it and go camping with it, get real comfortable with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so my modification was that I put, the, um, I put the flat bars on it. I also got a bigger cassette in the back. I didn't get one of those trash can lids that's, you know, 50-toother, but uh, I'm still running two on the front. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm running, uh, I think, 38 on the back, uh, 37 or 38. I'd have to ask my wrench guy. Yeah. Uh, but I like that combination. Um, you know, it's not nearly like when you have the three on the front on a mountain bike, and then you can just sit there and spin and not go anywhere. It's not that, uh, not that kind of a ratio. But still, when I climbed Poto Mountain the other day, I thought, yeah, and I had luggage on. I thought this is what I want. You know, yeah, I'm strong enough to 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 climb this with this gear. I don't need anything bigger on the back. So so it worked out. Yeah, the only way you're going to figure that out is just by going and riding yeah. it. What what yeah. gears you should be running, and it's going to change from route to route. It is, on, you know. It is. What about uh, what about your like your tires? What I'm are, running 37s. I'm running uh, uh, a WTB Riddler. Yeah, I used to have that tire. Yeah. yeah, and and it looks it looks a lot like a Riddler from Maxxis, which is you know they got a different spelling for Riddler, but. Um, <laughs> so it, it's you know it's not real aggressive. It's not real knobby. Yeah. Uh, but it's got enough grip that it can, uh, and they, they make it in different sizes too. I saw that they got a 45. Uh, some people might like that and get a little more cushion. Right. Because I'm not running any shocks, you know. I'm running a, a, a rigid carbon fork. But the 37 rattles me on some of the roads, especially some of the downhills. I can't descend as fast as I could if I had a fatter tire or shocks, like a you know a Lau for however you say that for the front fork. I think I it's Lau. Yeah. It. yeah the Lau front fork man that'd be sweet right but so I'm giving up something there but it's 50 percent road that's what you got to keep in mind that's yeah. what I was wondering it's 50 percent road so I might lose a little bit but I think I'm going to gain it back on the roads and on the smooth gravel and and honestly most of this route is going to be good smooth gravel and there's going to be spots that are rough you know so and, and I'm riding a, I've got a, a seat pack 
got a Revelate Design seat pack, and then I got a knockoff for a frame pack because I started looking at the frame packs from uh, well Revelate Design and some of the others. I was looking at the measuring the angles on them, and none of them would fit. I was going to have to have something custom made. I thought, mm -hmm. so I found this one on Amazon for thirty-five bucks, and I thought, well, if it tears up, worst and, case scenario. Is $35. So I got it in the mail and I looked at it. The seams are great. Seams are wonderful. The zippers were terrible. I thought, that zipper's not going to last. <laughs> it's Moose Treks is the name of it. Okay. So sure enough, one month I blew out one of the zippers. So I went back to Amazon, bought some YKK zippers and hand sewed them in. And uh, so it's bulletproof now. Awesome. Love great it. Great seams, great uh, zippers. And then in my cockpit, I've got, you know, I got my Garmin up front. And then I've got Revelate Design uh what do they call them? The feed bags? Yeah, they're called feed yeah. bags. One on each side. Uh, I've got a little top tube bag that's an off-brand, but I can put my phone in it. And then I can also unzip it and have food in there. So i got food and phone right there in front of me. Yeah. And then I have another top tube bag that's under the seat. Um, and that's going to be for, like, my wallet, you know, stuff like that. But Where do you put your tools? My tools are in the bottom of my frame pack because okay. it, it yeah, fills the whole triangle. That. Yeah. Okay. And that checkpoint's got mounts on the forks. So for for this race, what I did was I got two quart and a half Nalgene, big Nalgenes, because we're riding in June. Um, so I got those big Nalgenes so that I can put those on the front fork. I got an anything cage that I can strap them into. Right. A Revelate design anything cage. So that's my basic setup. Is it a salsa anything cage or a rev salsa? I'm sorry, salsa anything. Okay, cage, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got. I, I just want to check. I'm not yeah. a super gearhead either. So, think <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It's salsa. That's right. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of like you. I, um, I rely on my bike shop and people that know more. I, I, the way I look at it is like I'm. Uh, there's people who are out there, out there who have already figured that stuff out. Yeah. So I'm just gonna gobble up whatever knowledge they have. And, yeah, just ask them. <laughs> yeah, it works pretty well, you know. You got to figure out some stuff for yourself, and you'll, yeah. you know, kind of adjust as needed. But you got to know what fits. Are you a uh, tent camping or hammock camping, or what? What's your sleep system like? Well, in the winter, I'm I'm just gonna tarp. You know, I I quit carrying a tent years ago. I I went back to a tarp when I was uh, backpacking. So. Uh, and in the summer, I will hammock. <clears throat> so, in June for the race, I'm gonna. I bought a little bitty hammock. It's a hummingbird. Mm -hmm. I forget the thing. Like three and a half ounces. It's stupid. Whoa! How late it is. And then the straps that come with. six ounces, and that was supposed to be light. <laughs> <laughs> and then the straps that come with it are are like eight millimeter climbing strap. Right. For hanging it. Yeah, little yeah, tiny stuff. That's what I have to. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a. I think it's Gossamer Gear Tarp, which doesn't weigh much, but up here you got to have a bug net too. So for what? For mosquitoes Hits? and well, for buffalo gnats. Buffalo gnats. Yeah. What are those? Well, they're little spawns of Satan that will bite you, especially this time of year. You get out in the woods. Really? Yeah. So I really want a bug net when I'm doing that in June. Okay. Uh, but in the winter time, I don't take the hammock, and I. I take my uh, sleeping pad then, just a little Thermarest sleeping pad, and uh, sleep on the ground because then you don't have the cold air underneath you. Mm -hmm. uh, so in the winter, I, I usually take a uh, uh, a bottomless sleeping bag from Go Light that I've had for obviously quite a while. They've been 
out of business for a while. Uh, but in the summertime, I'm just going to take this puffy jacket that I'm wearing and a pair of tights and a poncho in the hammock. So that's what I'll wrap up in. I'm, right. There's no need for a sleeping bag exactly. in June, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and if I get too cold, I'll just get up and get on the bike and start riding. <laughs> Preach. Yeah, that's what you do. I'm cold, I can't sleep. Well, you might as well be riding right. if you're not if you're not sleeping. Yeah, in, in the winter miles. I'd build a fire, but in the summer I'm going to get up and ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we uh, – you were talking about the, the race. So yep. I think that's on June 8th, right? We start on June 8th, and we're starting uh, – Right at the, the, the Clinton Presidential Center in Little Rock. So um, we'll start and finish there. There's actually a pedestrian bridge right there that connects Little Rock to North Little Rock at the Clinton Center. So it's called the Clinton Bridge. So we're starting at the Little Rock side of the Clinton Bridge, sun up on June the 8th. Um, and how many miles will that route be? Because you're going to do the whole thing, right? Yeah, 1,034. 1,034. Yeah, okay. and, and that number varies a little bit depending on which map system that you use. You know, I, I did it on MapQuest. So it's Quest. basically a 1,000-mile route. It's a 1,000-mile route, 1,030-something. Uh, 79,000 feet of climbing. Okay. So uh, pretty challenging. But we're going to – and we're not charging entry fee. Uh, we've got sponsors that are covering – everything we hope maybe the racers will throw a little money in the hat to help the <laughs> club the the club that's hosting is is my home club which is the uh, river valley chapter of the ozark off-road cyclists and we're an imba club uh, so we hope everybody will throw down a little money because we're just going to meet budget with the sponsors that we got yeah and then you know the club ought to have some money for building trail out of this don't you think so I, yeah so when we have our pre-race meeting, we're going to set out the mason jar and try to get people to stuff money in it. Yeah, I'm sure, the they, will. I'm I'm sure, sure they, will. they will. I'm sure they'll see the value in that. Cyclists are cool. They are. They are. And they and they want – this is what they want. You yeah. know, they want people like you and clubs and organizations and states and cities to, to get behind it. And, yep. you know, they always say you vote with your dollars. So yep. Gotta, but we're using track leaders. So the, the guy, they're providing the spot units. Yeah. So uh, – Folks will be able to watch the race. With I the, love dot watching. Oh yeah, I've been watching Rebecca's all week. She's just she's still a little south of town. I just checked a minute ago. Um, we're using track leaders, and uh, then we're requiring selfies. So folks have to take selfies along the route. You know, if somebody misses a selfie, we're going to tell them don't turn around and go back. But come on, don't miss two or three of them. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the selfies are in certain locations. Yeah, we have specified spots where they got to take a selfie. So they serve as like a um, checkpoint kind of. Yeah, they're like a, a, a virtual checkpoint. You don't really need it, obviously, with track leader, but right. it's kind of fun. Exactly. So the people who are at home, we're doing this for the people at home. Yeah. The folks who are watching the dots, now they're going to be able to go on the Facebook page for the race and be able to see a picture of their Love loved that. one in the center. And we've given them a lot of leeway because a selfie could mean, well, you just take a picture of your bike. Or it doesn't have to be a selfie where you're standing there with a stupid grin. You can get somebody standing right there to take a picture for you, you know. Yeah. But I think it's going to be cool. It's going to give us a bunch of pictures of the route. I, I, I think that is a fantastic idea because it's something I tried to do whenever I did the 500 race that I did yeah. was uh, update people via, via social media yep. because 
like you watch the dots. There's a lot of us dot watchers out there. Yeah. But you you kind of want to be able to see yep. what's going on. And yep. I mean, it's it's just, that is a really great way to like. No racer is going to be penalized for doing it. Right. And taking that time to do it because everybody is supposed to do it. Yeah. Um, and and then it gives the people watching a little bit more excitement about what's going on and connecting with the the participants and stuff so but if somebody skips all of the checkpoints we're gonna put icy hot into their chamois butter so <laughs> they better take some selfies and post them up whose idea us. was that was that your idea <laughs> it was my idea and i found out that there's some racers in florida that have been doing it for a while okay but i i, I came i don't have many original ideas i steal most of the ideas but well most people do <laughs> i mean in the day and age we live in with all the information out there it's that's like right. you're not reinventing the wheel you're just like that's right making a slight variation tweaking on something it. tweaking it yeah <laughs> i mean let's be let's be honest but i mean I, I i can tell you i've never heard of that yeah i've i've dot watched quite a few races and then yeah. you go to their facebook and you kind of exactly. follow up with you connect the facebook with the dot watching or yep. the instagram and you kind of you're following along that way, but yep. uh, to have it more in like a centralized location where you can go to the, what is your fa uh, Facebook? It's uh, just look for Arkansas High Country Race on Facebook. Yeah, you go there. Yep. So while you got your Arkansas High Country Race Facebook page up, you're gonna mm -hmm. get some updates there and then you got the track leaders pulled up on the other screen. and. Uh, my daughter tells me that we could create an Instagram and have them go over there automatically. So I'm, I'm going to see if she'll do that for me. <laughs> but I'm not much of an Instagrammer, so I don't know how yeah. that works. I'm reversed. I'm an Instagrammer who pushes everything to Facebook, and you're a Facebooker <laughs> that can push everything to Instagram. Well, I can't push anything yet. My daughter says Your daughter will. Me. Yeah. That's right. It's, it's actually quite easy. She'll okay. be fine. Yeah. Good. Don't let her impress you. Like, don't let her, uh, <laughs> don't pay her. Uh, don't, like, knock her chores off the list or okay. anything like that. All like, right. It's literally like a switch of the button. <laughs> All right, very good. <laughs> Pro tip. That's right. All right, so the race is June 8th. Yep. Um, leaving at sunrise. Yep. Got to take some selfies. Yep. Um, man, what else? I guess they're going to be racing against Rebecca's time, whatever time she puts up. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, and uh, there's there's some guys that are going to be here that are that are pretty darn fast. Uh, remember the name Mike Dickin, the guy that, that I sat at Banff and talked, you know? Yeah. Arkansas kid, you know, he's from Russellville. Yeah. He's coming. He just finished third in the Arizona Trail Race. Hoorah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and he's coming. Uh, Robert Orr out of Hot Springs is a beast. Uh, those of us who are old remember the Eco Challenge. And, you know, Rebecca Rush was on I know. teams in the, in the adventure races back okay. in the Eco Challenge. Dude, I'm, I'm old enough to where I had every single Eco Challenge on VHS, <laughs> and I wore them out. Mark Burnett produced them. There Survivor guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Team <sighs> Traveler. Team Traveler was one of the teams that was – they were perennial contenders. Yes. Well, they're from Arkansas. It's Arkansas Travelers, so they were Team Travelers. Awesome. Yeah. And Robert yeah. Orr uh, is 60 – He's the national, I'll try to get it right. I think it's the national endurance mountain biking champion from uh, 2018. But Robert's going to ride the race. I mean, he's got to be a contender for, for winning the darn thing and getting the buckle. You know? Yeah, awesome. Uh, so you're opening up to 50 people this first round. Yeah. Is it full? No, we got 30. We got 35 right now. That's it? 
Yeah, that's it. Um, oh, come on, people. We can do that. Oh, i got to throw another I feel like name I'm in out. a fundraiser right now. No or a, a, a telethon. All right, people, call now. <laughs> There's only 15 spots left. The Arkansas High Country Race is going out hot. It's going out hot. <laughs> David Horton is going to ride this race. Okay, who's he? Yeah. You need to do your background research, man. David Horton is the man. Okay. Um, I may, and you know, I have a bad memory, so it's possible I've like heard of him and watched videos, and I just forgot. But yeah, you ever watch the video about the Barkley Marathon? Oh yeah, he was the second finisher of the Barkley Marathon for 19 or 18 or what year? Oh no, he fin. I'm talking the second finisher. I mean, the second person ever to finish oh, it. Like sorry, 15, I was 20 years ago. Place. Yeah. Okay. He was the second person to ever finish the darn thing. Okay. How Respect. many people have finished it? Like maybe 10? Yeah. I, I mean, he it's said, not uncommon. I think it's more common for people to not finish it. Exactly. Than to finish, right. So. Exactly. They Very few people ever finish it. Uh, but David set the, uh, the speed record running the Appalachian Trail, like I think it's almost 30 years ago. And then he turned around and set the speed record for the Pacific Crest Trail running it. So that's his outdoor credentials he started as a as an ultra runner right he's on a bike now because he's had some knee replacements because what he's, an interesting parallel he's 69 to you. years old <laughs> and you still think he's gonna set the fastest time no no but he's, oh, he's doing it. it yeah he's gonna do it man he's 69 yeah that's wonderful he's gonna set the record for 69 year olds <laughs> you know uh do you know Hal russell up in missouri yeah. not too far from here yeah i'm gonna be interviewing him in a few weeks really and he's one of my personal heroes he's give about me a coffee mug when you interview him you know okay. he makes he makes yeah. coffee mugs yeah see if you can buy a coffee mug okay. from me i'll buy it from you yeah i'll see what i can do <laughs> he's a great guy he raced with me in the 500 and me and him we raced against each other quite a bit. We were passing and leapfrogging each other a bunch. And uh, I'm going to be interviewing him, but he's one of my my heroes. Oh, he's a great guy. I don't even think he got into cycling until he's about your age. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's done Tour Divide six times, I think. And yeah. He, he's not done. He's 70 years old. He's just getting started. He's yep. warming up. So I got mad respect for those guys that are older and out there getting it done because I'm going to, that's what I want to be. Like, yeah. I, right now I'm in pretty good shape, but it's not always going to be like that. You that's know? right. Like, I look up to those guys that are out there and still making it happen and not taking the freaking go-kart at the supermarket to get the groceries <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're good guys. Yeah, they are. So if anyone wants to sign up for the Arkansas High Country Race, mm -hmm. just go to Facebook? or That's what? right. All they got to do is go on Facebook and, and then send me a message there. Yeah. And all I'm going to need is their name and their email address and where they're from. And then uh, I'll send them an email to confirm that, that they are hooked up. We're going to open up the registration with track leaders here in a couple of weeks. Uh, the dudes at track leaders said, you know, if we do it farther out than two weeks, then folks start changing their mind or they're, you know, they're, but two weeks out, they think that's the optimum. Okay. So we're going to open that up and they'll have to go on, register with track leaders to get their spot reserved. The spots are all going to come to us in a box. We'll hand them out at the pre-race meeting. And uh, on on the seventh, the night before, so we'll hand them out and start the race in Little Rock on Saturday morning, the uh, the eighth. Awesome. And if people want to follow you, are you uh, you're a little bit hard to find? I know from inter uh, getting ready for this interview, uh, I have to say this. So I, I finally found you on Facebook. Okay. Chuck Campbell on Facebook, yep. but there's a lot of Chuck Campbells on Facebook. I imagine. Uh, and, but you like. You're so um, 
What what was the word you used earlier? Self-facing? Self-effacing? Yeah, Self-effacing? I was talking about Ken and yeah, yeah. Neil. You posted your own route that you spent years and years developing with zero words, I believe. It was just a link to the route to the ACA and to bikepacking.com, and that's all it was. There was no, hey, guys, look at what I've been working on the last few years or anything like that. It's it's about all these other people, too. I mean, it's about it's about Joe Jacobs and the rest of the people at the state. Uh, Grady Spann, who's uh, the director for the state parks. Um, and it's about Gary Vernon. Uh, you know, uh, talking to the people at the Walton Family Foundation saying, hey, this guy wants to do this route. And it's about all of those people making it happen. And Carla Majernik, who believed that it would work. And, yeah. and Travis, uh, who came down and, and, and became a believer overnight when I convinced him, you know. And it's about Michael Dickin, who kept telling me, we got to have uh, Forest Road 1003 in there. You know? <laughs> uh, so... It's about all those people too, you know. Yeah. It's self-effacing. It's pretty cool. Self-effacing. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, I agree. Uh, uh, yeah, all everybody who was involved, kudos to all y'all, and 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 you deserve some as well. Well, I you appreciate know? it. Um, so, is is maybe email a better way to find? I mean, good luck finding him. He's on uh, he's on Facebook. Yeah. Chuck Campbell. Yeah. Uh, he he has a goatee. So that's your tip if you want to find them on Facebook. Uh, what's, what's your email address? Because I got two scars on both knobs of my chin, I will never shave my chin again. Man, whatever works, man. It looks great. Bicycle scars from Endos. Those are badges of honor, man. Let, let them shine. But, yeah, they could uh, – and once they find me on Facebook and send me a message, then um, through the and, – and they can find me at – you know, I'm, I'm running the uh, Arkansas High Country page on Facebook, too. Okay. So if they find that, then they could send me a message there, and then they've they've found me. And what's your email? Uh, it's Chuck E. Campbell, all one word, Chuck E., like Edward, Chuck E. Campbell at Hotmail.com. So. Great. Yep. Man, thank you so much for everything. <laughs> Thanks for uh, having the idea and kind of lighting a fire man there's not there's there's not anything until somebody lights that spark and you lit a spark and you definitely gave due credit to everybody else who was involved but you know you 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 started that spark so and it's turned into a bonfire now freaking bonfire <laughs> man let's uh get off this thing and uh check track lead or not track letter but let's check uh, where rebecca's at i gotta find her on garmin that's right the yeah garmin, track on garmin and let's see if she's coming through we'll we'll give her a high five as she rolls through all right very good all right man thanks Thank for you. coming on all right all right man i hope y'all enjoyed that uh chuck's like a real down-to-earth good old boy and i appreciate that coming from texas like our our personalities just matched real well both real laid back and uh i was uh admiring his like it's like a late nine or early nineties, uh, Chevy truck. Um, you know, not a fancy guy or anything, just a simple old country boy putting out bikepacking routes. Um, what's better than that? Right. So I love, I love all the, the diversity of, um, you know, he's definitely not the type of person like you might picture as going out and developing an awesome route, but, um, yeah, that, that's what makes it cool. Right. So I'm personally like, pretty stoked to get out there and check that route out. And I hope a lot of other people will too. Um, yeah. All right. Well, again, uh, don't forget to head over to Patreon and Patreon, Patreon. <laughs> oh, it's so confusing. Cause I finally figured this out. The website is Patreon. And if you contribute, then you're a patron. 
And so I'm going to fuck that up probably a lot. But anyway, head over to Patreon and uh, I got the stickers and I got patches on the way. I got those new tiers set up so you can go over there and, uh, and get in on that. All right. Thanks, everyone. Oh, and don't forget to review it and go ride your damn bike.